0: Disney dreamers and welcome to the DLP Clubhouse, your compass to the wonderful world of
1: DLP. I'm Leisha and I'm Andrea, and welcome back. Today is all about probably one of our favourite Disney park land lands, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, it will be about Disneyland Paris's Frontierland. We're going to be going into the history and the conception of the land. Buckle up, buccaneers, for the wildest episode on the internet. Yeehaw! <laughs> So, to begin our story, we must go back way to the beginning of the conception of the whole park, Disneyland Paris, that being. Uh, And we already established by now that Disneyland Paris is a very much newer version copy, basically, of the original Magic Kingdom Park in Disneyland Anaheim. And although the original park does have a frontier land, it's very small and inconsequential compared to the other lands. So tony baxter who was the general manager of the euro disney project and by the way the maker of amazing disney park rides for example my favorite that he's done is indiana jones in california and anaheim it was actually one of the first like hydraulic car systems Mm. that they made amazing if you haven't been on it go 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 cool uh with his group of imagineers he got the idea to skip building the new orleans square and the critter country that they have in design anaheim to instead build a bigger more detailed frontier land that took aspects of those other lands but with the buccaneer spirit why on earth would they do that well westerns and spaghetti westerns during and before the time the park was concepted remember in 1980s when they were thinking of doing design paris Mm -hmm. um and that was pretty much the golden age of spaghetti westerns in italy and also french westerns Hmm. there was no denying that europe had an interest interesting fascination with this period of american history obviously there's huge inaccuracies for a lot of these type of spaghetti westerns they're kind of a bit cheesy have you ever watched spaghetti westerns leisure huh probably when i was like a kid but not um
0: consciously or Not really with intent of watching it. Um, I mean, I love um, watching documentaries or little videos about where they film
1: yes mm-hmm. i was worth gonna worth say like um if you guys have never been to like universal studios mm-hmm. and uh, in hollywood they have the universal studios exactly. uh, tour they do some of this, the old spaghetti westerns or the old westerns mm-hmm. that those are fascinating amazing. stuff guys amazing 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 um but as you can probably tell from the bright colored 70s clothing mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of inaccuracies um of this time period and uh it's hard to distinguish what's real and what is fantasy. Most notably, the westward expansion, talking about a history here for you guys, um, would bring a lot of death and loss of land for indigenous people and Mexican-Americans. Just to know there's a lot of states in, a, in uh, the United States that were previously Mexican um, provinces. Hmm. So, for example, that's why it's called Los Angeles, which in Spanish means the angels, California, Nevada means snow in Spanish. So a lot of these places were first colonized by Spanish people and then they became part of the Mexican as a country, Mexico as a country. And then uh, during the Mexico-American War, they became U.S. territories. Interesting history, (laughs) guys. Um, And also this particular era not only had that, part to it but also incited the first laws on immigration and expatriation of Chinese Americans um these are only to name a few things that happened during this era um and since we're talking about a specific type of history that has been recreated mm-hmm. in uh Disneyland Paris it's I think important to note what happened in real life and if you guys are interested to learn more there's plenty and plenty of reading for this if you want to uh Learn a little bit more about the history mm-hmm. um, of this p- particular era that is painful for a lot of people. So here we acknowledge it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, so Ligia, why don't you tell us about Thunder Mesa and how it came as a concept?
0: Okay, so Jeff Burke was a development manager of Frontierland. And with the help of Bob Berenik and Greg Fleming, Fleming, funny name. Fleming. <laughs> um, it, it reminds me of the name in Harry Potter, Nicolas Flamel.
1: Yeah, it makes me think of um, what's his name? Fleming, the guy who uh, discovered penicillin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> they created one of the most intricate and land stories, which ended uh, with our wonderful Tundra Misa. In an interview with the Ravenwood Manor, is it Ravensoot Manor? Oh, I was- sorry,
1: that's that's my problem. <laughs>
0: Ravenwood. Ravenwoodmanor.com, Jeff Burke gives us an insight on how the process started. So let me quote him. Tony Baxter had already assembled his team of execute executive designers, and we were in the process of determining which lands and attractions would be appropriate for Paris Disneyland in 1985. When Tony and I discussed the possibility of a once refined Victorian manor house to be constructed with the weather beaten and foreboding exterior, it seemed we had found in the home for the Paris version of the haunted mansion. So the concept of Phantom Manor was born. When Tony acknowledged my interest in the lore of the Old West while discussing Phantom Manor, he asked if I would like to design Frontierland and that's how, I put in charge of, that's how I was put in charge of the land. Although Baxter, Burke and their team knew roughly that the Western feel would add to this land, the actual background mythology for Frontierland was developed after the list of attractions for the land was determined. However, when starting to build on the lore, they set the frontier land in the American southwest of the mid-late 1800s. Then they modified each attraction to support the setting and time frame. For example, Big Thunder Mountain, which visually anchors the land with the look of Monument Valley, my favorite place in the world, um, also represents the excitement and spectacle of the Gold Rush era. Fort Comstock Fort Comstock, uh, Frontierland's visual marquee, not only represents the early outposts of the West, but provides a logical transition to the bustling gold rush town of Mesa. At the opposite end of the land, the cowboy cookout is a reference to the ranchers and farmers who settled in the West during the later years of the 19th century. Although each attraction, restaurant and shop tells its own unique story, when combined, they form the vibrant and colorful tapestry of a real-life town in the West.
1: So, <laughs> that was a lot of information, but Lijia, mm. what are your thoughts on the Western theme? And how do you think this kind of goes with such a European park? Um,
0: Good question. I think in general... Disneyland Paris has always been very American-minded um, versus the European vision of what a theme park should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, Frontierland is my favorite land in Disneyland Paris. Mine too. Yeah. Um, I've been to the west of the States, so I've been to Grand Canyon, Yosemite, all that. And when I go to Frontierland, it kind of feels like I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's not really what it is but it's I really step into another world and it feels so cozy so beautiful Mm. and the atmosphere the music um there is there is I can't can't really describe it in detail but there's some kind of atmosphere there's a vibe going on and I love it and of course I'm very American-minded and I know a lot of people in Europe aren't so I'm not sure how they perceive frontier land, but for me, it's like coming home. And when I see Big Thunder Mountain, I know I'm home and I always need to go look at it and I always need to go on it and I take a picture and I'm done.
1: Yeah, I have the same kind of feeling. I mean, a lot of my family have ranches, mm. like they're ranch people or they have huge um, properties Uh in california but in the desert (laughs) so um, it does remind me of like when i go home well when i say home but when i go to see my family and i go to see my grandma and my aunts and uncles that live in california or they live in arizona um it it gives that kind of feel of when we used to do really long drives from los angeles all the way to phoenix Mm. and you see all these like deserts and you see all the beautiful landscapes that they have in uh in the west of America and you're right it does give you that sense of feel I feel like it's the it's the color of the rock it's mm-hmm. the the architecture especially and also the music is so fun um it's probably I would I can't remember if this is correct but it's one of the first lands that was immersive in the sense that it actually had everything a story but also everything was cohesive mm-hmm. because sometimes when you, for example, if you go to Disneyland, California, one of the things you'll see is that not everything is a hundred percent cohesive in some of the parts. Mm. And that part of Critter country, New Orleans square and frontier land um, are very, very small lands, but they are very close together and they kind of transition from each other, but it's not like a cohesive image. Whereas Frontierland and in Disneyland Paris is like, you're right it just feels so ho- cozy mm-hmm. I don't know what it is but it's it's for me it's my favorite land It's land that has my favorite rights mm-hmm. in Disneyland Paris so for me it's it definitely feels super cool again I come from an Anglo Anglo family <laughs> like I come from an Anglo background like I speak English I grew up speaking English so for mm-hmm. me it, it like Amer- American and British people have so much not only in common, but British people also take a lot of American um, media and things mm-hmm. like that. So for me, it wasn't that foreign. But I don't know. Maybe there are people, like you said, in who are more European-minded and are mm-hmm. Euro- very European, might think differently to us. But I don't know. I like it. Me
0: too. Me too. I can't wait to go back. But
1: yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Miss it. By the way, guys. Hopefully, but well, what well, by the time this comes out. Hopefully, like, we'll hear more news about what's going on. At the moment, we, we have both booked, like, to go. hmm When it happens again, but please let it happen. Um, but talking about um, kind of rides and stuff, <clears throat> isn't it funny that one of the one ride that set off the law of this land and got Burke to develop the land is... Probably the most important ride that basically sets the stage of the story of Thunder Mesa. And before I go into it, <laughs> probably we should clarify for anyone who doesn't know uh, and thinks we're probably just talking crazy talk here uh, Thunder Mesa is the fictional town in which Design Paris' frontier land resides in. Uh, and as I was talking about Phantom Manor, it's important to note the difference between phantom manor and its daddy of rides the haunted mansion which uh we love by the way and if any of you have watched the imagineering story if you haven't i don't know what you've been doing with your lives Gosh. um mm. you probably know that whilst developing the haunted mansion walt disney and his imagineers spent a very long time on thinking how to realize the haunted mansion mm-hmm. i can't remember how long it took but i believe it was several years before they were they were really happy with it <laughs> um the original concept art for the ride made the mansion look dilapidated and ruined uh, Walt Disney just did not like the thought of having an ugly run-down house mm-hmm. in the New Orleans land uh full of beautiful architecture mm-hmm. so instead they gave the haunted mansion a old colonial southern feel so it would fit with the land but was also very beautiful too. If you've never seen it, it's such a beautiful building. Um, that whole New Orleans Square, I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what has that got to do with Phantom Manor though? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the original concept art for Haunted Mansion turned into the first inspiration for the ride and its look. If you actually look at the old art concepts of Disneyland, of Disneyland Phantom Manor is basically the spooky haunted house that was originally meant for the haunted mansion. Like, it's crazy how similar they are. um, The original impression and the Phantom Manor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not to say that Walt's fear of having an old manor basically falling apart didn't also become an issue with Imagineers. As Jeff Burke comments, Initially, there may have been some scepticism regarding to the dilapidated appearance of the exterior of Phantom Manor. We felt strongly, though, that that the mansion's foreboding facade was important to convey a sense of mystery and intrigue as to what what frightening adventures are contained within its walls. Where there is an overlay of the Old West stylization, essentially, all the classic elements of the Haunted Mansion ride remain intact
0: okay so um andrea you love both rides um and you have said many times well we talked a lot about it on the podcast before um what do you think about the difference between the two so would you have preferred a more beautiful manner or what would you say
1: i personally think that i really like phantom manner as a concept as well having it look dilapidated like a real haunted it adds so much history to the to the story of mm-hmm. the entire land <laughs> <laughs> sorry my uh filter pop to spell down but it adds so much story to the entire land and it really does kind of give a sense of ooh, what we're we going into because phantom manor does have this strange look about it like when you first enter it but it's beautiful in like a different way mm-hmm. you know what I mean because the the plants they put some amazing plants at the garden of phantom Manor. like they put some oranges and reds and it just makes it look so beautifully haunting I don't know how you feel about it because um I know uh we're talking about California and Paris, but you've been to the one in Orlando, I assume. Yeah. Um, so what, what is the difference between those two are like? I'm just also
0: looking at it on Google, just to be sure, because in, in my head, it's always the look of Phantom Manor because it's my home park. So it's always what I mm-hmm. see. <laughs> um, and then you have the Haunted uh, Mansion in, in Disney World. I do really like the aesthetics of Disneyland. So I'm very curious to see it in real life because for me that looks like a, a real colonial um, like Louisiana New Orleans yeah, house yeah, yeah. Um, as to With the pillars at the front. Exactly mm-hmm. the pillars are beautiful. As to the the ride in Disney World looks beautiful as well reminds me of course about I mean, of the movie. I think the Haunted Mansion movie was based on a Disney World ride, I think, or am I mistaken? Because this- I
1: believe it's a mixture of the two, because the the two stories are basically the same in oh, yeah. sure. in the Disney World and the Disneyland yeah. ride. Um so if we look at Phantom
0: <laughs> stupid Google. <laughs> <laughs> if we look at Phantom Manor, um I love the optical illusion of mm. because i know when you look at it from afar you you also see it when you're in the ride of phantom manor at the end you see the house on the hill yeah, on the top yeah on the top and i know everything in i mean we've talked about it before but there's a lot of optical illusion about it and yeah, forced perspective is
1: something we talk a lot about when yeah. it comes to design paris yeah. exactly
0: exactly and um especially because i have the feels that everything in phantom manor nothing really happens in what you see it's down Mm -hmm. as to what i think if i look at the pictures of disneyland anaheim i think it's going on inside the house I might be mistaken and it also might be going down i'm not sure but somehow disney anaheim gives
1: it more realness i guess if that makes sense so i would say like technically speaking phantom manor and the california original the haunted mansion Mm -hmm. are pretty much exact copies of each other ride wise okay yeah apart from phantom manor has a little bit of a longer track Mm -hmm. because it has the phantom canyon scenes whereas in the haunted mansion those scenes are replaced with the cemetery scene Mm -hmm. because they're gonna go through from the house and then they go down to if you've seen the movie it's kind of like that where they go through the cemetery and you see all the different ghosts yeah um, the hitchhiking hitchhiking ghost being one of them, and the hatbox ghost being the other one. The really famous ghost ones are there. So yeah, it's interesting, now
0: I, I went in the ride of Disney World, but honestly, I can't remember. So tell the guards to open up the gates and let this pandemic cool. go because I need to do it all again. <laughs> and Disneyland Anaheim with you. I wanna really wanna do this with you. I mean, of all people in the world, I wanna do Anaheim with you. Aww.
1: you know? I want to do anaheim with you too
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry for getting so mellow guys yeah <laughs> hmm. okay um so andrea i yes. think the time has come to tell the story
1: uh, yikes <laughs> so long so long stories <laughs> okay guys since this is gonna take a while <laughs> yeah i think uh, you should get a drink go to the toilet you know, if you've got to do it, do it now. We'll wait. Sure, 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 sure. Or if you're in the car, please keep driving and be safe. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you're in the car, please. If you're in the car. Yeah. So, if you're back, great. <laughs> um, it's a story about money, romance, and murder. Hmm. Pom pom pom. Okay.
0: Many of those in the legacy of Thunder Mesa is on Booth Hill. The story has shifted and changed a bit, but the whole story is this. In the gold rush days of Thunder Mesa, two brothers owned the founded The Big Thunder Mining Company, thus creating the city of Thunder Mesa, Frontierland as a whole. The Ravenswoods became rich and built a Victorian manor high on Booth Hill, overlooking Big Thunder Mountain where Henry raised his family. Arthur Ravenswood, the more refined and level-headed of the two brothers, managed the family's business ventures, drafting the ownership documents of Big Thunder and investing the family fortune in railroad and steamship stocks. His roady, impetuous older brother Henry, on the other hand, spent much of his time bullying and womanizing, which frequently kept him at the odds with his family, particularly with his wife, with his wife, Marta. In spite of the contentious relationship, Henry and Marta had a daughter, the beautiful Melanie.
1: Cute. So, Big Thunder Mountain was thought by local Native Americans to be the home of the Thunderbird, a powerful spirit. According to legend, its wrath could fall upon anyone who disturbed the mountain. However, Ravenswood would not believe such stories time went by and the gold in the big thunder mountain began to run out making the miners dig deeper and deeper into the mountain after a few years with martha's motherly nurturing love melanie grew into a lovely young woman who caught the eye of so many would-be suitors four such men courted melanie but each met with an unfortunate fate not long after their respective intentions of marrying her were known. Her overly protected father forbade her to leave the manor or its grounds to venture into the town and socialize. Melanie, only friends were Jasper and Anna Jones, who managed the stately manor house and its splendid gardens. Tragedy struck the Ravenswood family in 1860
0: when a terrible earthquake hit Thunder Mesa. Henry Ravenswood, on an inspection tour of Big Thunder uh, with Arthur's nine mine foreman, was presumably crushed by falling timbers. Sadly, Martha also perished due to her weak heart. A mere six years later, Jasper died when his horse was spooked by a rattlesnake on the manor grounds. It seemed the Thunderbird had been
1: awakened. In the meantime, Arthur had become a sickly recluse, confined to the manor and tended to his young wife, Gabrielle. His faithful dog, Goliath, never left his master's side. As the Ravenwood's fortune had been depleted, mostly by Henry's foolish, lavish spending, a wealthy San Francisco socialite, friend and family friend, Mary Therese Bourbon came to Arthur's financial aid, but the end was near for the Ravenwood's legacy as Arthur was to succumb to his illness in 1867, and Gabriel died only a year later, mostly from a broken heart. Hmm.
0: After several years, the story of what really happened came out from underneath the rubble on Melanie's wedding day. She was engaged to Jake, a man who used to work for the mine and promised Melanie that they will run away or they would run away from the house after they married. Shortly thereafter, a mysterious phantom unknown to anyone appeared at, at the manor. While Melanie was preparing in her room for a wedding, the phantom lured her suitor up to the attic where he hanged him by the neck from the rafters.
1: In the ballroom, the bride sat alone, Hours went by with no sign of the groom. Guests slowly filed away, leaving Melanie alone in the house with a staff of maids and butlers. Someday, she told herself, he'll come. And so, having never taken off the wedding dress or dropped her bouquet in preparation for her loved one's return, she wandered the house aimlessly, singing melancholy songs of lost love.
0: The phantom still lurked in the house, laughing at her human devotion to her intended husband. One after one, he invited his dead demonic friends from the afterlife to fill the house in an an eternal party. The shape of the house was slowly transformed by the evil forces.
1: Years passed, inside and outside, the manor decayed. Outside, the once beautiful grounds fell to ruin. The gilded staircase and structure were dotted with mould and trees and every other plant on the ground died, as if sensing the evil inherited in the house. Nothing living ever trod there. Inside, dust and cobwebs covered every inch, the heartened staff not caring, for it was rumoured that Melanie had lost her mind.
0: She wandered the house for years and years, singing softly to her groom, while all around her demons and ghosts revealed and danced. Everywhere she went, she was reminded of the wedding. The phantom's eternal laughter still carried through the walls of the house. Melanie even so kept her hopes, waiting for her love's return, and never figured out why why he had left.
1: The Earthquake that killed her parents cut a huge gouge in the west half of the property and in the cum- crumbling ghost town of old Thunder Mesa the deserted buildings were rumored to be called Phantom Canyon. The dark supernatural vision of the town and anyone who entered the ghastly old town never came back. Today
0: no one knows if Melanie Ravenswood is still alive in that old house on the hill. If she is she's well over a hundred years old some nights when the moon is full and the sky is clear of clouds you can still hear the lonely mourning of the bride the manucle laughter of the phantom
1: and the faint tickle of glass and chatter of party guests. whether she is alive or not what is well known is that poor melanie never really left the crumbling mansion she awaits for her groom until judgment day. Oof! Yikes!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, gosh. Okay, uh, we need to discuss this. This was uh, this was a heavy story. Um, it, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is this actually in? Because I bought, I think, one or maybe the two books that they once sold from. Is it in 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 these books?
1: a story partially in the books. Mm they kind of made a very 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 condensed version of the story in the books kind of like just basically talking about um Melanie's father and her issues with getting married basically but um it's kind of I mean I particularly found some of the parts of the story from the ravenswood.com situation since they have a whole website just dedicated to this particular story um and um Like I said, like we said, uh, the story has changed bit by bit. Like, for example, when Phantom Manor got got her refurbishments, um, they kind of changed the story a little bit to focus more on uh, Melanie and her would-be suitors. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole thing still remains, you know, that it's kind of a sad story about greed, money love and a broken heart I mean and a broken heart
0: yeah uh, oof. it almost feels like our broken hearts with Disneyland not being open yes um I, I didn't think it was so um detailed
1: yeah and this is just me writing it out trying to make it <laughs> feel cohesive but I believe you can probably find out there um connections between people who owned the buildings in Thunder Mesa mm-hmm. like Lucky Nugget Saloon there was more information about Lucky Nugget Saloon Cowboy Cookout who owned those and what their connection was to the Ravenwoods I mean the whole thing is like interconnected every single building every single ride every single attraction that's there mm-hmm. in Frontierland has a history with something
0: yeah I love the land and um, I'm glad I got to know more about the story of um Phantom Manor. Um, I'm not sure. Have I mentioned the anecdote of Frontierland of the train yet? I think I did or not yet.
1: I can't remember. But you can tell it again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I did the guided tour many, many years ago in Disneyland Paris. And uh when we were walking in Frontierland, the guides told us that the train, which is in front of the entrance of Big Thunder Mountain, so next to like left side of the store, mm-hmm. I think it's at the other side of the photography where you get the photos of the yeah. Ride. yeah. The right exactly. exit. Exactly. So there's a very big train. And the train is actually something they recovered from a French family. Um, so when they were building and getting all the props and and decor, they stumbled upon the train in, I think, a field or a garden of a French family. (laughs) And it wasn't working anymore, of course. So it was, like, pretty worn down. So they asked him, it was an older couple, and they asked him, we want to buy this train. Mm. What do you want to get for it? And the couple said... We just want to have a colored TV, so a TV that had colored images. Because they only had a black and white TV from, maybe the fifties. Wow. Who knows? Yeah. So that's only the, what they wanted. They wanted to have a good TV, and that was a trade they made for the train. Yo, doesn't that have got a bargain there? Then I guess. Gosh, that's amazing. So, <laughs> I um, I love that story. That's so, so
1: uh, fascinating.
0: Who mm-hmm.
1: has a who has a train in the back garden? I mean, people have
0: <laughs> treasures, that's for sure, so that's uh, yeah, um, I also something we haven't talked about yet in this episode. Mm-hmm. but something that I honestly I've had my a p for a very long time, but I think it was only like five or six years ago I discovered the little playground in Frontierland. I think it's a oh, po- yeah is it a Pocahontas village? I don't know. yeah. What's it called? <laughs> yeah, I think Next to a the lo- trading post. Exactly. I think a lot of people actually don't know it exists.
1: Yeah, it's quite... A, I mean, I feel like people don't know that that section of Frontierland exists. Mm-hmm. Because if you've guys never been to Frontierland in um, Disneyland Paris, mm-hmm. it's, it curves around the lake mm-hmm. in which Big Thunder Mountain is on. Mm -hmm. and obviously most of the entrances are on one side of that kind of circular circle if we we can call it and pocahontas village is basically like on the opposite side almost behind um big thunder mountain yeah like so it's quite a walk yeah it's it's you
0: would go to the cowboy cookout and don't go inside but turn left and just walk straight on um that that's where it is but it's um it's a place that is forgotten but it's maybe also good if you want to have like a little bit of quiet time or you have a little child and they need to like get their energy out go there go there Yeah, to- it's
1: like a proper rent. playground like yeah. with monkey swings and exactly all sorts. so yeah if you have a little kids it's, it's a great place for them to just like yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah 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 um But I think that part of Frontierland is less of the... I think Frontierland is, for me, the feeling, walking into the entrance, the big wooden... uh, The fort, yeah. Yeah, the fort. Please, if it's open, go in, go up, go and look around. uh, Go into the store of Tobias Norton. Um, You will see, I think, Sacajawea. am I correct? How I'm pronouncing it? Yes. With Tobias Norton and uh I don't know the dudes. The yeah, um, guy. <laughs> the two um, dudes. But open your eyes. That's all I want to say. And also look at the ground with the hoofs. Um there are so many details in Frontierland when walking in and I just get goose, goose goosebumps when talking about it. So I mean it has so much history, yeah. but it has so much more than what we talked about today. And oh uh, yeah
1: we haven't covered We didn't even cover Phantom Manor, like, inside and talk about the different things that happened there and we haven't even talked about the cemetery that they have there yeah, and uh, the different people that are buried there and the fun little things that you can do there. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, stuff like the Lucky Nugget and the mercantile building and, I mean, yes, this land doesn't have a lot of rides. (laughs) But it has so many things to look at and oh. to pay attention to and has so many nooks and crannies like like leisure said the fort is one of those things if you enter Frontierland definitely go up and discover that stuff because mm-hmm. it has number one amazing views of of the park mm-hmm. as a whole but also it has so many different things that you can have a little look at and that you probably would never see if you just walked straight through and just went no. to the rides which I know a lot of people do they just kind of like yeah the march- <laughs> I think Which I get but like I think definitely take your time sometimes there's a lot of stuff to look at
0: mm-hmm. true I do think that people who are let us call them the walkthroughers <laughs> are not the people listening to this podcast I assume <laughs> if you guys are listening you're really interested in the um in the park the, in general the part the details the heart of, of what it's all about um Yeah, I mean, I I just, I mean, we are, when is this episode airing? I think uh, Friday, the 29th of January.
1: Yeah, Yeah, next week.
0: Next week. For us. Uh, (laughs) Yes, uh, it's a very last minute recording, but... That's my bad because I'm too busy for life. But um, the businesswoman, lady. The businesswoman, yes. Oh, by the way, I quit my job and I'm now a full-time photographer. Yay. So when we're coming back in April, so uh, Andrea and I will be there the 2nd and the 3rd of April. Yes. The 3rd of April is my birthday. I'm 30 years old and I hope the yeah. park is open. Gosh, let's pray. Burning candles. It needs to open because we were set to open the 20th of February or
1: somewhere around that time. I think or 13th
0: of February.
1: Uh, 13th of February. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Which is under a month. <gasps> it's snowing. Wow. It's like heavily snowing outside. So. congratulations. I wish One... it was snowing in Belgium, but it's not. Uh I wish but I could to go to the day. park so I can see it's snowing with the car oh,
0: Gosh, I promise you this. If it's snowing and it's heavy snowing, I'm just jumping in my car and I'm coming. I mean, if it's open, of course, but Oh, yeah, in April. Oh, maybe in April it can still snow because April is a month of the weird weather. That's my That's birthday. That's true. Myself.
1: In Europe, it's, especially here, it's fucking strange.
0: It is, it <sighs> is strange. Yeah. I know, honey. I know. But,
1: uh, anywho. I oh, mean- anyway, talking about photography, oh, yeah. I was going to mention quickly. Yeah. You did such a cute, cute ass photography session with Rob and Gabby up in the fort. Yes. Yes. Which, guys, you need to go and check out if you've not seen it. Mm. Uh, which page is it on? I can't remember which. Well,
0: it was on my stories, and so just to be very honest and open, um, talking about Instagram for a minute, I deactivated. Well, it's not un- unactivated, but I signed up from my account for a bit because since it's not opening, I feel like I'm an imposter, like posting stuff, and I know people want to see stuff, but I'm, I'm. It's too painful, so I'm just. I decided to just give it a break. Mm-hmm. But I did. I mean, on my page, I usually post Disney and myself or me and friends. But I think I'm going to spice it up again when it opens with work of things that I Mm. did a lot of shoots in 2020. So you will be able to book me again for 2021 and I will post that later. But I am still thinking about my new game plan for Instagram. So I'm not sure how you are looking at Instagram Disney-wise at this point. If you guys
1: follow me at all, (laughs) thank you. It's been a while since I've been on there. Um, I needed a break. Like you said, sometimes when you... I've heard this from my Californian friends who, unfortunately, they've never, ever got to set foot in the main park Mm -hmm. for a year now, basically. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's hard to stay motivated when your main niche is about a park Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you have to figure out other ways to kind of create content. And for me personally, it was so much has happened Mm -hmm. that I was like, yo, I need to just take this time. But I'm also, like you said, I'm at the moment planning on doing other stuff personally for work. And one of those things is that I am also doing a huge game plan. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm a content and community manager, which is basically marketing for social uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm kind of doing for myself because I do it for other people, but I don't really do it for myself. So now I'm just going to sort out my own Instagram. And yeah, I mean, just like Leisure said, it's sometimes difficult mm-hmm. to kind of get the push to do stuff like the Disney stuff because you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
0: well I hope you guys are still um how should I say patient with our uh, yeah stuff we are actually also today I think we can talk openly about it yeah we can talk openly about we're uh, looking at our strategy for Instagram for our own page because we have neglected the DLP clubhouse podcast a lot Uh, for many many (laughs) months uh, even though we're active here on spotify so you will see a change in that we're having a big meeting about that today so thank you for bearing with us and yeah we do hope to see
1: you soon all of you in april um yeah keep your prayers Mm -hmm. thoughts everything positive energy out into the universe let this happen let it happen (laughs) Well, that's it for this episode. Now, uh, as we said with the other episode, we will be coming back to Frontierland. We haven't finished everything on this thing, um, and there's still so much to talk about. So stay tuned to our next DLP History episode. Don't forget to share, like e- our episode and podcast. Have a magical day.